Welcome back to the Cone Zone. This is Cone Zone attempt number two. I'm Grant Cone. That's my dad, Lowell Cone. First attempt didn't work. There were some technical issues. I'll figure that out another time. But now I'm up at my dad's house on my mom's deck. And before we get started, we got to talk about this deck. Yeah, what happened was my wife, Dawn, Iggy's mom, Dawn, she, um, we have a deck upstairs, but she always wanted a deck on the bottom floor. And we we had it built. We, we actually refinanced the house, but she she never got to use it. And so when I'm looking at Iggy now sitting there, it makes me a little emotional. Um, and we call it Dawn's deck. So um, he's actually right around the corner from me. I'm sitting in the room he used as a teenager. So this is yeah. a... A, a family, a family deal today. Okay, and we can sort of hear each other through the wall. And there's a little bit of a delay, which is interesting. It's about a second delay. Why don't you yeah. reset up what we're doing, and we'll get into it. And just to be clear, my audio works now. At very well. Whatever happened before, I don't know what was going on, Iggy. Okay, well, I'll figure it out later. It'll be a group project between me and all my people who watch the show. So today we're good. We're talking about Brock Purdy. And the whole idea is, is he an elite quarterback and what is an elite quarterback? Okay. I tried to make the distinction after this last game that he's really good but not elite, and my dad feels like that's where we should start the discussion. What you said was he's a hell of a quarterback but not elite. So I, I love it. So elite, two meanings. One, has he had a distinguished career, a long-term career? No, because he hasn't been long-term. It's not his fault. Joe Montana is elite, and we could name others like that. We'll know about his longevity after a while. But is he, <coughs> I'm sorry, guys, is he elite for what's going on this season? I would say no question that he is a top-five quarterback, maybe better than that, uh, certainly by the numbers, and that he is, based on what's happening this season and the current crop, He's an elite quarterback. Can you live with that, Iggy? I can. I guess I'm trying to figure out why I made the distinction in the first place and what I was thinking. It's obvious that Brock Purdy is deserving of the MVP and is perfect for the team he's on and probably going to win the Super Bowl this year. So what else matters? I guess what I'm thinking, what an elite quarterback is. Let's say there were an expansion draft after the season. And every team had to pick new players. And there was a draft board of the best players in the league. How far would, how, how high would Purdy be on that? Um, I figure in 1984, Joe Montana, even though he had some scheme specific traits and you couldn't use him in every way, would have been really high on that kind of an expansion draft list in the, in the NFL. Purdy might too. Where, where, where do you think Purdy would, 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 would he be one of the top 10 quarterbacks taken? That's one of the top 10, top 10 picks overall? Does it even matter? No, I don't think that's a good criterion. I think it matters not what he does before he comes in the league, what he does when he's in the league. Joe Montana was. No, that's third not what I meant. That's not okay. what I meant. I'm trying to. I'm saying like if there were a draft, if, if like say every team had to get rid of all their players and every player was a free agent starting this offseason and there was a giant draft and a giant expansion draft with all the professionals, not just college draft players, where would Purdy get taken? Because the elite quarterback. I mean, the, Mahomes would be the first pick. Yeah, I I would think. In terms of quarterbacks, okay, because teams might not want a quarterback. I don't know. But in terms of quarterbacks, he'd be one of the top five taken. I'd, I'd say no no question about it. And that makes him elite right there. That I think so. Right there. Yeah, I think yeah. so. I mean, look, he's done 
everything they asked. The only thing we don't know about him is, can he bring a team back in an absolute pressure situation in a big game? But that's not a knock on him. He hasn't had to do it. And he may very well be able to do it. So we're not saying he can't do it. We're saying that's the next step. But for everything they've asked him to do, I'm going to use a silly word. He's wonderful. Iggy, I love to watch him work. I love to watch him work. What a quarterback. So I would say, who's better than he is? Mahomes, Josh Allen, maybe. Sometimes. sometimes. Josh Allen's his own worst enemy. Um, Iggy, who else would you put uh, uh, ahead of him? Not the guy in Philadelphia. Not the, I wouldn't even put the guy in uh, Dallas ahead of him. Are you there, Iggy? Oh, boy. Sorry, the internet just went out. Are you good? Are you there? I'm back. I'm here. Yeah. Are you okay out there? I'm okay. My internet just crapped out. But yours should be, I don't know. Can you see me? Mine's fine. I can see you. Um, yeah. Um, okay. So what I said, Iggy, I, uh, Mahomes and Josh Allen maybe. well, Mahomes, definitely. Josh Allen, maybe. Who else would you even put over him? I mean, I'm going to say names and not having as much uh, success. But again, if you put him on the Niners, I think they would. Justin Herbert? He's a good quarterback. See, I feel like that's why this discussion's so hard. It's like he's on a bad team. He has a bad coach. He, no one's helping him with the Chargers. So he, he doesn't look as good. But I'm sorry. I, I think if, if even the playing field. I would take him over Brock Purdy. Fair enough. Um, okay, fair enough. Um, yeah, that still puts Brock Purdy in fourth place. Okay. Well, there's Dak Prescott who's doing really good this year with Mike. I don't McCarthy. like him. I I um, I don't like him because he's had trouble I, in the playoffs. All right, that's a good point. So let's talk about Brock. Like Brock has had a lot of success in the regular season. He was in the playoffs last year. He won two games and got hurt. Don't you think his elite status is going to? Uh, highly depend on what he does in the playoffs this year, or is it, or is he already established? No, uh, I, I love what you're saying. He's elite so far, Thank but you. there's a lot of football to play, especially in the playoffs, and he will add and refine his definition, especially yeah. in the playoffs. So, but in f- terms of what's happened so far and all the quarterbacks, what they've done so far, he's elite. How it turns out makes this a fascinating season. There's more yeah. to learn. Yeah. Yeah. There's more That's to learn elite. about all of them. There's more to learn about. Is he elite? Is he going to be worth the big bucks one day? Is he all those questions? Well, he'll answer. I guess that's what elite means. But what's interesting is so Mahomes is worth the big bucks. He's oh, getting God. crazy money with the with the Chiefs. Look at the Chiefs. They're not a great team. They used to be a lot better. Their wide receivers aren't that good. They couldn't afford Tyreek Hill. Um, they have problems. You know why? Because they spend one way too much player money on one player, while the Niners don't. So, yeah, maybe maybe having an elite quarterback is overrated, or whatever that even means. Hey, look, maybe if Andy Reid privately had to do what he really wants, he'd rather have Brock Purdy at that price than Mahomes, because then yeah. he could get all the all the complimentary players that he wants and needs. Yeah. So I would say <laughs> part of Brock's eliteness, elitude, yeah. is that he's so cheap. Yeah. 
because he brings Absolutely. other good players to the team. He is. And someone made this point on a, a stream I did yesterday. When you're talking about most valuable player, by definition, it's Brock. Valuable? Look at what he yeah. gives you for his price. You know, he gives you MVP level play for nothing? Yeah, he's the most valuable player in sports. I would have to agree. I would have to agree. Yeah. And we're going to talk later about the new wave of quarterback, but he's really changed how you look at the position. Before, it used to be there's only like seven great quarterbacks in the world. They're all physically gifted. They're hard to find. They're worth a lot of money. So there's a scarce amount of them, and they're very valuable. Now it's like, actually, the skill set we thought we needed at this position, nah. There's a, it's a much more modest skill set. It's around. It's cheap. Changes everything. It might make the NFL a whole lot better. And more watchable. More watchable because we see a lot of punting these days. Let's take some, some super chats. Jeffrey Ray says, Brock Purdy leads the league in QBR, pass rating, yards per attempt, TD percentage, completion percentage, air yards per attempt with 9.5 yards per attempt. Those are just stats. Love you, Jeffrey. Good calls are facts. Big facts. I, and he's, more, he's, he's not done. Jeffrey Ray, most through 12 games in NFL history. Competitors in this category are Aaron Rodgers, Peyton Manning, Boomer Sison, Dan Marino, three-word MVPs. Brock has the season A pass. I don't know what that part means, but yes. He's still going. Brock has four of the top eight passer ratings this season, including a perfect passer rating of 158.3. Niners are also 11th at Yak. He's elite. I think he's elite for this season um, for what other people are doing. So I'm agreeing with that. My, my son Warner, is hesitating. Was, was Kurt Warner elite? Uh, in his career? Yeah. One of the all-time greatest quarterbacks. Um, I loved to watch him work. Um, yeah. Yeah. See, and he did it on two teams. Yeah, he's interesting. So I'm trying to say, what, what would Brock do in a different situation? Let's remember Kurt Warner. So he bursts on the scene. He was undrafted. He goes to the, the Rams, and he has this great team. Marshall Falk, Isaac Bruce, Torrey Holt, Azakim, great weapons. And he has some great years with them, wins a couple MVPs, I want to say. Gets hurt, gets replaced, goes to the Giants, is terrible. Freaking, not terrible, but gets benched for Eli Manning, gets replaced, and finally goes to Arizona, has Larry Fitzgerald, Anquan Bolden, is good again. So an all-time great quarterback, every quarterback needs good players around him. Every quarterback needs good players. Kurt Warner needed good players around him. Patrick Mahomes kind of struggling without good players around him. Absolutely, and and clearly lost his cool and had to apologize after that last game. Apparently, yeah. he really he yelled at Josh Allen after the game, and then he apologized. He said, uh, you know, Josh had nothing to do with it. No, nah, you were mad at your wide receiver who lined up offside. Yelled at him. With the toe, with the toe there. With the and, toe. You know, apparently, I mean, I hadn't, you know, I don't think about these things. Before the play, you're allowed to ask the official, am I lined up correctly? Do you ever see wide receivers put their hand out and look at the wide, uh, the official? Do you ever see that? Ayuk does it every play because he's on the line of scrimmage. He gets to his spot. He looks at the official. He puts his arm out and gets like confirmation that he's not past the line of scrimmage. They do and it every time. Kid, this kid didn't do it. Knucklehead. Sorry, can I call him a knucklehead? Knucklehead. 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 But really, Patrick Mahomes should have been mad at himself. You know why? All that why? money he's making. You're going to have teammates like that. All that money you're making, you can't afford to have non-knucklehead teammates. So now you're in the knucklehead bin. You got <laughs> knuckleheads on your, on, your, on your team. That's on you. You don't want knuckleheads on your team? Take less money. 
The want? knucklehead bid. I like it. I had never thought of a knucklehead. Travi86 says, what do you think of how the O-line has played this season? I mean, they haven't cost them games. Playing pretty good so far. Wait, wait. I want to uh, chime in. I think they're doing well. I yeah, do. I think they they're do. doing well. They're doing well. They did well against uh, Philly. That was the big test. Matt McEwen says, sorry I'm late. Happy Hanukkah, guys. Sorry, see you silent. Oh, uh, thank you so much. Matthew Sanders says, Grant and Lowell, there was no cone phone last week. Just wanted to say happy Hanukkah to you and yours. Thank you both for the love you bring to, to this. Thank Thanks, you, Matthew. Matthew. Sorry there wasn't a cone phone. I'll bring it back this week. Rob Watson says, listing what Brock does at an elite level, accuracy, anticip anticipation, timing, beating the blitz. That's literally quarterback play elite on any offense. That's elite. I think so. Matt McEwen says, our quarterback is great because of the weapons, and our weapons are even better because of the quarterback. Sym symbiotic relationship. Love the show. Uh, thank you, and I agree with you. I agree. Absolutely. Big Primo 82 says, Lowell, when you covered the Niners and Joe was starting out and got his first Super Bowl win, was he getting the same is he elite or isn't he elite conversation like Brock Purdy is getting today? It's getting ridiculous. Ridiculous. You know, Big, big Primo, that's a very interesting point. I never heard this discussion until Brock Purdy. No one discussed that with Joe. Now, Oh, was really good. And he, he, you know, he threw the pass that made it to the catch with Dwight. And then he won a Super Bowl uh, that year. So he burst, he really burst onto the scene. But this kid, Purdy, is doing it too. And if he wins the Super Bowl, that'll be a big, a big deal. But again, I never heard this discussion until Brock Purdy. And I think it is because he was the last player taken. I mean, don't you think that's part of it? Iggy, I don't know what you're looking at, but don't you think part of it is that he was the last player taken? I do think so. I'm looking at Joe Montana's uh, career statistics, and I am I was looking. 1981, when the, apparently, I don't know, I wasn't alive, were they having a debate about whether he was elite? He finished second in the MVP voting. He was not the MVP that year. I don't know who was. He didn't win MVP until 1989 when he was 33 years old. Did you know that? No. In the, in the 81, Ken Anderson won the MVP in 1981. And didn't he beat him in the Super Bowl? He did beat him in the Super Bowl. And Ken Anderson won the Super Bowl. Get this. Ken Anderson and Joe, Bill Walsh developed both of them. That's right. Bill Walsh developed both of them. Right. He had his two quarterbacks in the Super Bowl. How's that? How's that? I don't know. It, it looks like there was some debate about how great Joe Montana was until he won his freaking fourth Super Bowl in 1989. Or third. Third. Big primo. Good question. Loner Incognito says, hey, Grant. Hey, Daddy Cone. Hope you're feeling well. In your honest opinion, do you think the Niners will win out the rest of the season, especially against a tough Ravens team and a Rams team that has uh, a blank to beat us? Um, <laughs> we were going to actually talk about that a little later. So would you yeah. mind... If if, if we just wait a few minutes. Loner Incognito, we will dedicate that section to you. H says, Brock plays at an elite level, but is still in a prove-it year. Dad grew up reading Lowell, and now I'm here at 22 watching Grant, Circle of Life. How about Love that? it, and say hi to Dad. Certainly. TJ says, Purdy puts the ball on hands and allows his receivers to make plays. Jimmy got Kittle blown up and injured several times by throwing lower behind. How many times has Kittle been hurt since Purdy took over? Torical question. <laughs> That's a good question, though. Zero. 
You're right. People have a lot to say on this topic. Mr. Cohn, what do you think about Brock wearing his hat backwards? Would it have been an issue with Eddie D or the media if Joe did the same? You know, um, who was the one who made a point of it? What was his name? Cowherd? Yeah. He must have had a slow day, Iggy. He must have had a yeah. slow day. Um, and he made it. He made himself look like a horse's ass. And then Iggy asked uh, Purdy about it, but everybody knew it was a joke, and Purdy knew it was a joke, meaning it's the silliest thing you ever heard. Yeah, and the thing about it was Cowherd said it before the game against the Eagles to explain why Jalen Hurts is more of a franchise quarterback than Purdy, and then they played the game, and then you see who would you rather have as a quarterback, and then you go back and remember the hat clause, and you think, ah, it's pretty stupid. Is, so. Yeah, that guy Cowherd. You know, a few times he's he's gone after me, and uh, I don't even know who he is. He thanked me for asking the question, though. He said it was good journalism. I had to follow up. <laughs> it was is good it every offensive system? Is every offensive system? I don't know. It's a good question. Oh, I have something to say about that. No, no. My answer is a definitive no, and I'm going to give you a reason or an example. Uh, Shanahan's a, as we know, is an excellent coach. hasn't won anything yet, but he's an excellent coach. He has a system. His players have to fit in with what he does. Although he did make some changes in the last game. Bill Walsh, his attitude was, "Tell me what players I have, and I'll make a game plan for them." The exact opposite of what Shanahan does. So he eventually had a system, but it was flexible and it could change from season to season. Antonio Espindola says Tom Brady did take pay cut to having elite O-line and D. He knew the value of great players. He took a God marginal pay cut. Yeah, his wife made more money than he did, which was a competitive advantage. Brock Purdy is the NFL Steph Curry. No. He's not there yet. No. Uh, Steph yet. Curry is an all-time great player, and he may be, may be the best point guard who ever ever lived, including Oscar Robertson and Magic Johnson. Purdy is not in that category by any means yet. I mean, Curry might be the best offensive player ever. Yeah. His shooting numbers are just the best, and he can pass. He can run the offense, and he's the best shooter. Not best offensive player of all time. Sorry. I know some people would say Wilt. But Will couldn't shoot threes. Alex G says, do you he, think as humble? Also, wait, wait, wait. Will couldn't also couldn't shoot free throws. It's got to be Curry. Alex G says, do you think as humble as Brock is, he can make his contract extension with a big part uh, deferable like Otani did with the Dodgers for team spending? Don't know if it's possible, but Brady took pay cuts. Uh, it would know. all depend on his, who his agent is. It's true. From his perspective, he's given the Niners all this performance for free. They might yeah. need to pay him back. Jamaican boy says, why do people not Purdy for having so much weapons at his disposal and thriving with them? Wouldn't it be worse if he didn't know what to do with said weapons? People said Purdy is trash, but praise Jimmy. Why? Uh, I, I agree. Say, I think people say that part of the reason he has so many weapons is because he's not getting paid. And one day, if he gets paid like an elite quarterback and doesn't have all these weapons, will he still look elite? That's something we'll find out in four years. Matt McEwen says, Lowell, besides Grant, do the reporters for the Niners live up to your standards? Grant is the only one who asks tough questions. Your generation, you guys were tough but fair. Okay. I got to be careful here because I know all these people, and some of them are my friends. Not all of them, by the way, but some of them are my, are my friends. I would, I'm going to answer it like this. There is no one on the beat now who can compete with what Ira Miller did. 
when he covered all those Super Bowl teams. And every one of them would admit it. Every single one of them would admit that Ira was the gold standard in America, not just in the Bay Area. So I, I would leave it at that. Yeah. Uh, H says, like I said, Purdy is elite. That shouldn't be a debate. Debate should be on how much is on Brock and how much is on Kyle's play calling. Very Brady Belichick-esque. Very uh, Montana Walsh-esque. Yeah. I think that was a real issue with the 49ers. I got to tell you. I mean, I've told you before, uh, Keith Fonhorst, who was left tackle and he, he died. He was just a wonderful guy. And he used to talk to me and he used to make me laugh. And he said, sometimes Bill would call a play and Joe would come into the huddle. And he, the first thing he said, this is what Joe would say. You're not going to believe this shit. (laughs) And he made me the play that Bill called. And it was a big competition because Joe understood Bill's offense as well as Bill did. That's right. And what's interesting, you know, when, when Montana finally won his MVPs, 80, 89 and 90, he was 33, 34. Look at who his weapons were. Jerry Rice, John Taylor, Brent Jones, Tom Rathman, Roger Craig. I mean, I'm plus he had Bill Walsh, Mike Holmgren, you know, like, he had every every kind of support you could possibly have. And then when it right. when, when Steve Young won his Super Bowl, what did he have? Same thing, except for instead of those running backs, he had William Floyd and Ricky Waters. Like that was pretty good. Yeah, Ricky Waters was really good. Ricky Waters was really good. He was kind of like Roger Craig and Christian McCaffrey in that he was a really good receiver. Yeah. Yeah. Fish and chips says Lowell is Purdy heading to number three in, in Niner quarterback history. He's got to do a little bit more in the playoffs before he passes Jeff Garcia. Oh, wait, hold on, hold on. There's Joe and Steve. There was also um, Y.A. Tittle and YA John Tittle. Brody, uh, right? So, yeah, football didn't start in 1979. So could, could we hold off on that for a while? Garcia had a 24-point come-from-behind victory in the playoffs. They was down 24 in the third quarter. Hero Winchester says in Madden, there's a fantasy draft, which is an NFL redraft, and Purdy gets taken pick six, eight overall. That was my question. Thank you for answering it. He's also a superstar uh, dev trait, which only elite quarterbacks have. He's also a Super Bowl. What? Dev trait? It's only a game, but the NFL thinks he's elite. Well, there you go. That was my question. That was my question. Tristan says, I'd say Brock is the Nikola Jokic of the NFL. Okay. I like the, I like it. Matt McEwen says, sorry, I didn't mean to put you on the spot. I appreciate you, Lowell. No, thank you. I didn't feel on the spot, but I felt I had to be careful. BM Goodboy says, anyone else fear Purdy has a bad game and the Niners poop the bed in the playoffs and get bounced early? Come well, on. that's the fear. That happened to Aaron Rodgers a lot of times in the playoffs. And and wait a minute. And it wouldn't only be Purdy. It would be the coach pooping the bed, too. Yeah, there'd be a lot of poop. H says, final thought, I go to OU, a.k.a. QBU. If Purdy was a Sooner or any other big school quarterback, this wouldn't even be a topic. Yes, but he didn't go because no one saw the value of him. And that's what makes him so intriguing. From No one saw the from value. From college to the pros, no one saw the value, and now everyone sees it. All right, we're going to get back to the show, but now we're going to do a little prize picks because I get nervous doing all that uh, analysis. And so now we can just play some games. Dad. You know, you know how the game works. It's more than or less yeah. than. They make it real easy for you. Let's go through the nine, five Niners and Kyler Murray, okay? 
and this is for all the money. Brock Purdy, 264 and a half passing yards. When we first started doing this, they would put him down around 220. That's how much he's increased his profile, 264 and a half against Arizona. Okay, here's what I want to say. Arizona's a horrible team. Horrible. But I think they have a really good coach. They do. I they do. do. Now, um, they're not going to beat the 49ers, but I think they actually finally have a really good head coach. So he will challenge Purdy, but it's 264. I'd say I would, I would go over. I would go over. I don't think the coach, as much as I respect him, although I don't even know his name, um, I don't think he'll be able to hold this uh, Brock Purdy back. Last what time do you think? The Niners, well, last time the Niners faced Arizona, week four, Brock Purdy started in that game. He was 20 of 21. It's a 95% completion percentage with a touchdown, 283 yards. So, okay. yeah, I would say more. I think that's a safe one. More. Okay, Christian more. McCaffrey, 85 and a half rushing yards, more than or less than. Okay, uh, boy, he's such a great player. And against a team that's probably demoralized or inevitably demoralized, I'd have to go more. More. Last time he finished more. week four, week four, 20 carries, 106 yards, three touchdowns. Yeah, I'm yeah. going with more. You could argue that maybe they're going to pace him a little bit and maybe not overuse him, but when have they ever paced Christian McCaffrey? More. Yeah. Uh, uh, when, he, when doesn't, they, yeah. he doesn't pace him. And what's more, my guess is McCaffrey doesn't want to be paced. No, McCaffrey wants to win awards. He wants to get accolades, and he wants to be in the Hall of Fame, which I yeah. which I appreciate about him. Okay, Debo Samuel, 65 and a half receiving yards, more than a less than. He is on fire. He's in fuego. And what will happen is they'll fuego. get him the ball, and he'll run 40 yards for a touchdown on one play. That's what he does. More, yeah. more, more. Now, I just want to see the last time these te teams faced, Debo had no catches. Yeah. Zero catches. But that was earlier in the year, and that wasn't Debo being full Debo. Now he's no. full Debo. He's full Debo. He's full Debo. Brandon Ayuk, 67 and a half receiving yards, almost identical. Iggy, I'm going to say fewer. Fewer? Well, last I'm time he faced him, he went, for he went for 148. I'm just Maybe thinking they're going to. I'm going to go in fewer, and I, I just think they're going to try to take him out of the game. Yeah, I think you're right. I think I think that now people know that I they, they know that Ayuk's coming now. Kittle, 51 and a half. More. Last time against him, not that, not that the, the past predicts the future. Last time he had nine yards. But I think it's because they just forgot about him. So let's go more. And, and I, finally. I, could, wait, before we go to finally, I think Kyle – understands his offense better now than the first time. And remember, Iggy, that's I went with you to that game. It's the only game I've been to in seven years. I just wanted to go one time and sit in the press box. Um, and I went with Iggy. I actually remember saying, you know, this coach is pretty good. And Joshua Dobbs, he wasn't that bad. Now, no. I think he's gotten worse. But, yeah, but yeah. 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 Okay, last one. Kyler Murray, 221 and a half passing yards. 221 and a half. No. Not no. a lot, but no. No. It, no. no. It's the Cardinals. Less. End of story. 
Let's 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 lock it in. Place the entry. Boom. There it is. It's that simple. You want to play? Use promo code Cone C O H N. That way, I get a little kickback, and then you will get a hundred percent deposit match up to a hundred dollars. There you go. All right. Hey Iggy. Yeah. I never th knew that our name would be a promo code. Cone. It's good, right? Oh I yeah. I think if my dad the were American alive, dream. he would the American like dream. it. Yeah, that's capitalism for you. <laughs> let's look ahead to the playoffs, Dad. I mean, well, let's look at it this way. The Niners have a few games left. They got Arizona, Baltimore, Washington, and the Rams. And that Ravens game is going to be very interesting. But other than that, it's like, wake me up when, when the playoffs start. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Um, like, for example, usually when we do this show on Tuesday, we do a lot of looking ahead to the next game. Who wants to look ahead to that game? I mean, on, Not me. on, on the bets, on the bets, you want to do that. But, yeah, I mean, the Niners are going to win. Uh, I, I would be shocked if they were to lose. I mean, really shocked. They're going to win the game. W what are you going to say? They already beat the team. The team stinks. Yeah. Uh, the quarterback, I, I don't know how well he gets along with the coaches. Um, so it's almost as if the rest of the season, and we'll come back to the Ravens, except the Ravens, it's almost as if the rest of the regular season is sort of taken for granted. And a lot of people, including me, are already thinking, leaping ahead to the playoffs. Um, does that make any sense to you, Iggy? I feel like I'm already leaping ahead to the Super Bowl. I'm looking at the NFC. It's terrible. The terrible. only teams that challenge the Niners in the NFC are Philly and Dallas. Philly and Dallas. They, Niners have already destroyed them. both of those teams. So then there's Detroit. I don't take them seriously. Uh, who's left? Jacksonville. Yeah, in the AFC. Uh, you got oh, I'm the sorry. Vikings. Sorry. The Vikings beat the Niners, but they lost Kirk Cousins. I don't know. I mean. No. I'm I'm in February. Okay, mentally, mentally. Well, I look like I, I'm I, here, but you've knocked me into two months from now. <laughs> so let's talk a little about the Ravens, because here's what I want to say: the Ravens are a legit team. They absolutely are, and here's why they're a legit team: they have a coach who won a Super Bowl. They have a really good coach. They have a quarterback. Now, Iggy respects him as a passer more than I do. But as a package, he is so hard to stop. Like, he is so much better than Jalen Hurts as a package. Um, I would say so. And, you know, Iggy, we haven't included him in the elite quarterbacks when we did it earlier. But I, I think he's one he of them as well. MVP. He won an MVP. Yeah. We, I, for some well, reason, we, we stats real quick this year, his passing stats. He's completing 66% of his throws, got 16 touchdowns, six picks. Quarterback rating is 97. I mean, not necessarily an elite passer, but a very good passer for the most electric runner in the league. Darn near. Okay. All right. Yeah. So here's, yeah. here's what I think. I, I think that'll be a game. Um, I, I do. do think it'll be a game. Thank God we'll have a game as opposed to everything else. Um, I think the 49ers will beat those guys. I think they have simply too much, especially on offense, simply too much for the Ravens. But it'll be a game, and you want there to be games. How do you look at it, Iggy? Well, in the past, you would look at a team 
like the Ravens and say, mobile quarterback, they give the Niners problems. And they did when the defensive coordinator was Robert Sala and D'Amico Ryans. Now, Steve Wilkes, who almost got fired or was getting a lot of criticism, seems like he's figured that out. And now, I, I don't know. I, I, I feel like the Niners can handle a quarterback like Lamar Jackson. I think they should be okay. I think they should be able to win. I'm, I don't know what the Ravens' defense can do to Brock Purdy, but I feel like the Niners' offense should be able to – I don't know. I feel the Niners' defense should be able to handle Lamar Jackson. The one thing, what they did with Jalen Hurts was they said, we don't want you to be able to scramble up the middle in any way. If you're going to scramble, you have to run around the back. And they felt, you're just not fast enough to pull it off. Our, our linebackers can chase you down. You'll throw the ball away, and that's what he does. Lamar's a lot faster than Jalen Hurts. So if they just say, we're going to kind of keep you in the pocket and not really rush you and force you to rush out the back, that might not work against him. Because one, I think he's a better pocket quarterback than Jalen Hurts. Like Jalen Hurts wouldn't throw the ball. He was just staring at the field. Lamar won't do that, and he can. he's much quicker. So I, they may have to have a different game plan. And I know Steve Wilkes is smart enough to figure it out. I'm just pointing that out. I have a question Go ahead. about the last game of the season is Rams. Yes. I have something to say about that game. Yeah. By that point, the game may mean nothing to the Niners. True. I mean, if they have the number one seed in the NFC locked up, now it might mean something to the Rams, but it would be interesting in that game if it means nothing to the Niners one way or another, if they don't play Sam Darnold and some of the other running backs uh, at least part of the game. I would think, um, as people say, if I'm Ky uh, Kyle Shanahan, I'm not Kyle Shanahan, but I wouldn't say that. But Kyle Shanahan may consider um, taking it almost like a preseason game. Agree. It'd be kind of like uh, spring training, where you have your yeah. guys in there for five innings, and you take them out, and they're doing the interviews yeah. while the game's going on. And then go play golf. Then they play golf in the eighth, ninth, ninth inning. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. John Mathis says we should let our best scramble running back play quarterback at practice and run quarterback power and option to prepare for Kyler and Lamar. Sure. Sure. Very clever. Tony Nagatani says this 2023 offense might be as good as, the, as 94, 98, 80, or 88, 89. Lowell, where does this offense rank on the all-time Niner offenses list? Tony, I can't answer that question. I'm not good at things like that. It's a really good question. Um, Ira Miller, if we had him here, he could do it. I'm not good at that stuff. I apologize. Uh, yeah, we'll have to go. You tell us which team off uh, averaged the most yards per game, but you just compared this 2023 team to three Super Bowl winners. So again, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Let's, let's let the Niners actually seal the deal before we start talking about the best team of all time or whatever. Matt McEwen says, usage of CMC makes me nervous. Lowell, New York voice. Noivis. 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 Aru Illustri says, if I was at that Jeff Garcia comeback game against the Giants. Jimmy Garoppolo was underrated because he came right after Young and Montana. Oh, not Jimmy Garoppolo. No, no, Jeff Garcia. Sorry oh, about Jeff that. Oh, Jeff Garcia. Okay. Jeff, Gar Jeff Garcia, Garcia was a, I would like to say this, was a hell of a quarterback. Um, yeah. Absolutely underrated. A really good competitor. A really tough guy. Uh, he was everything they wanted. And here's the thing. When Bill Walsh came back to Stanford, his quarterback was Steve Stenstrom, who's a good college quarterback, but not for the pros, and a very nice guy. But they played San Jose State, and Garcia was the quarterback, and they beat San Jose State. 
But Bill was really impressed, and he fought to get him on the 49ers against Mariucci, who didn't really want him. Very interesting. Um, God Bless America says, Lowell, if this season was a book, what book is it? <laughs> Whoa, if this is a book. Okay, hold on. The Odyssey. <laughs> Josh says, Mr. Cohn, what did you think regarding Grant's hat question towards Brock? Also, I hope all is well with the both of you. Thank you. I thought it was a riot. And I here's what I want to say. I think it's nice when there's humor in those deadly, boring press conferences. It it lightens the atmosphere. It makes everybody, including the subject, laugh a little bit. And it brings out the humanity of everybody there. Now, as kooky as Jim Harbaugh is, you could joke with him when he had certain yeah. personalities. He had many personalities, but one many of them you could joke with. And he was fun to joke with, right, Iggy? Yeah. I don't know. I feel like those press conferences are some of the most boring moments in everyone's life. People asking yeah. the question, answering the question. They're, everyone's trying to be really earnest about, you know, boilerplate football stuff. It's nice to like do something unexpected sometimes. Yeah. It's like the part of me that wanted to sit inside the, the hot tub when I was 14 with the snorkel on my face, just like seriously. That's basically who I am. That You know, what happened was we were... We went to Hawaii and um, we were learning how to snorkel. So he had pool. all this in the pool. He had all this. It was in the evening. He had all this. Hold on. He had all this snorkel equipment. They got a snorkel bobs, right? Snorkel bob. Snorkel bob. So what happened was we were swimming in the pool and we were practicing. Then we said, let's go in the hot tub. But here's the deal. In the hot tub were all these couples all these yeah. young, like in their twenties, you know, very good looking uh men and very good looking women wearing, you know, bikinis and it was sort of romantic. And Iggy, yeah, we were sort of out of place. We were we were out of place. And no one even paid attention to us. So Iggy got out of snorkel gear and he sat he sat there with the mask and the snorkeler and all Breathing that. The and, and he just sat there and I was and my mother was here. I was and they continued to ignore me. I wanted to see what I had to like, how weird I could be, and they would still ignore me, and that was very weird. And they, you know, I think yeah. it made them uncomfortable. They they actively ignored you. We have, yeah, they were, we have a, a brain a brain damaged person with us in the hot tub. <laughs> Matt McEwen says, "Man, the Rams make me nervous. They don't make me nervous." Noivis. And you know what? Hold on. Their coach, he's such a BS artist. No. And their quarterback. Uh, uh, did he get hurt again? Did someone breathe on him? I mean. It's true. It's true. Yeah. Matthew Sanders says, Lowell, what can this team learn from former Niners squads in terms of behavior and attitude to become champions? What do you look out for off the field? Okay. I, I'm going to answer this, but you got to remember, I'm not in that locker room. I don't know these players. Iggy and I have talked about this before. You have to have a standard. And on teams, great teams that I covered, Steve Young, Jerry Rice, these are people who had who had a standard. I don't know what he's doing over there. Um, I don't know in that locker room who enforces the standard. I would assume not the quarterback because he's too young. Uh, I would assume number 54 does. I would assume... Uh, 
maybe Bosa, maybe not. Uh, certainly Warner. Um, what are you doing? People, do you know what he's doing? I'm plugging my computer in because it's running out. My repeater? It's running out of juice. My repeater is running out of juice. Okay, we're good. Oh, Got to put the goose grease in there. Good. Such computer. Juice. So um, Sorry. what I'm saying is what it takes off the field. First of all, it takes no one getting arrested. And th this team doesn't have anybody like that. It takes people who don't beat up people, don't hit women. And this team doesn't have Harbaugh's that. team Thank had God. a little issue there. Harbaugh's team had a little oh, issue. There. God. He was on a sliding moral when scale passed. when it came to stuff like that. And you know who we else was? Uh, Al Davis. Al Davis was on a sliding moral scale, I think. Um, it's good but, to see that uh, uh, that Harbaugh got his uh, morals in line at, at Michigan. He did, never got in trouble again. <laughs> he won't be Sorry, Jim. You walked right into that one. You got in trouble. Yeah. You got in trouble. Sorry. You got in trouble. Edgar Gutierrez says, would this team have beat either of the losing Niners Super Bowl teams? Man. Um, I think so. That I do think. Yes. Although, um, also, it's not so such a big deal to beat teams that lost in the Super Bowl. I'm going to repeat: there was a, a coach on those Super Bowl teams who, uh, and when Harbaugh lost, he called me and we were chatting. He said, "You know, Lowell, we never lost the Super Bowl. What a point of pride they had! We never lost the Super Bowl, meaning they didn't keep up the standard. They didn't True. live up to the 49ers, and they didn't. they broke their streak. They ended their yeah. streak. Yeah." MM4 forever says, do you root for the Dodgers, Papa Cone? First of all, I don't root. I'm not a fan. Um, you know, the Dodgers, they had their reasons. I'm, I'm not quarreling with them. But they left New York in 19, Brooklyn, uh, not far from where I lived, in 1958. Um, I was 12 or 13. Broke it was hard for Yeah, it did at the time. So, you know, I, I don't. I don't care for them at all. Yeah. 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 In their face. Uh, Aru Illustri says Kyler is going to help them get ready for Lamar. Good point. Good to have him back to back. Yeah. Brother Bob says Eaglet and Poppy Cone. Great yeah. show so far. 16 is better than eight. Who's better than 13? Yeah. I would still take uh, Steve Young over Brock Purdy. That's just me, though. I would, too. I would, too. All right. Doesn't it feel like the NFL is finally getting interesting? Like for three months, it was fairly boring. But now all of a sudden, every week, we're starting to learn who's really good and who's really not. And there's like all these revelations weekly. Absolutely. I, I felt the season up till a few weeks ago was pretty much pro forma, according to form, what you'd expect. But now people get hurt. Some teams you think a lot of aren't that good. And we're in December. What a learning curve. It's like being a great history seminar in college where you learn all about, you know, what, what happened in the, in the Roman Empire. It's fantastic. What we've learned is that we thought too much of Philadelphia. I mean, what? I mean, I couldn't pick a winner in that game. I was so uh, undecided, unclear. What a bum I was. And the point is, they've... Philadelphia, which everybody thought great coach, great team, eh, not really. We misinterpreted their stretch before the Niners. They had those come from behind wins. We we're like, wow, what a tough team. No, they were on the ropes. 
they, they were, were on, on the, ropes. the ropes. Yeah. Yeah. We we thought that at least let me say not we, I. Denver would suck. Um, and they and that Russell Wilson was through. I honestly thought that. Now I knew the coach was okay, Peyton, but he's been out of the league. So how okay? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they got off to a miserable start. There, here they go again. All of a sudden, this team is on the threshold. And they're on yeah. and and Russell Wilson, God, is he a pleasure to watch. I've always loved yeah. and Peyton, what a coach. What he's done that other people couldn't do with that group. So that's another big surprise. Okay. Another big surprise. Dallas. They're winning all these games. I think they're a B team. B. Yeah. Not yeah. anywhere near an A. And if the Niners were to play them again, so oh, that was one game alone. Niners would kill them. Yeah. And Mike McCarthy would be on the sideline, doing his lip, not knowing what to do. You would see it. There's so much we're learning. Look, Cleveland, I thought was dead any number of times. <laughs> now they got Flacco, and I, I, the thing with Flacco, what they said, he was so out of football. He was throwing passes to his brother. No one wanted him, and then he come comes in, and the last game last weekend. God, he was good. And we'll yes. talk about more of that later. So, Iggy, and the other thing we're learning, up to this point, the Niners, with one troubling stretch, which I still don't understand, three-in-a-row losses, they're a hell of a team. They're, yeah. they're the best team in the league right now by 40 or 50 yards in a 100-yard dash. Yeah. And we're going to learn what's nice in two weeks on Christmas night. If the Ravens are actually a challenger, yeah, we don't even know. They might not be. We'll see. There's more. Cincinnati isn't dead. Not that we care about Cincinnati, but I'm, I'm interested. And we're going to talk more about their quarterback next. That team, we left them for dead as soon as Joe Burrow went down. And just like a lot of people left the Niners for dead when Jimmy Garoppolo went down last year, all of a sudden they're dangerous, scoring a lot of points, winning games. Two in a row. Absolutely. Uh, it's very similar to what happened to the Niners last season. All right. Let's talk about the Bengals. There's a new wave of quarterback and Brock Purdy is spearheading it. All of a sudden teams see that his skill set, his price point, his journey, his story works. And um, there's other people sort of following it. And now the Bengals have Jake Browning. He was undrafted. He's a little bit older than Brock Purdy. He was a four-year starter at, Washington, he was prolific at Folsom High School. Uh, outside of Sacramento, he's local. And now he's picking up right where he left off. He was on a practice squad for three years. He was a backup. Now he's starting, and he's just like Purdy, having instant success on a team that's supposed to be a playoff Super Bowl contender. Um, what do you think of this new wave of quarterback in the NFL? Well, um, first of all, it's so similar to Purdy. They had this guy, he was hanging around, yeah. right? Probably got very few snaps, if ever, in, in practice. He was hanging around, and, and we thought they were dead when Burrow went out. But all of a sudden, he's really good in the same way that Purdy is. He's yeah. uh, quick thinking. He understands the defense very well. He throws well enough, very precise, and gets it out fast. Yeah. So what I'm thinking is, and you can amplify on this, uh, NFL teams had a paradigm for right. what 
they wanted in a quarterback, i.e. Trey Lance, someone who was a physical, you know, uh, exemplar, someone they could develop into a great quarterback. Then there are these guys who no one really pays attention to, and no one paid attention to Brock, last guy taken in the draft. They may not have the, the physical stature. They may not run as fast. They may you not have the throw upside. A, uh, that stupid phrase. They may not have the upside, but they were four-year starters in high school, four-year starters in college. They learned the game, and these guys are around, and what may be happening, and I think it'll improve the league. Teams may be saying, we don't want to look for train lances anymore or people like that. We want to look for experienced guys who we won't develop but can come in right now and play. What do you think, Iggy? I think that's exactly the trend. And I think what's happened is the league has changed since Bill Walsh was around. When Bill Walsh was around, there was a lot of practice time. There was a lot of time where coaches could develop quarterbacks hands-on. Double two two a days in the offseason. That's that's all gone. So it's not a developmental league anymore. The veterans want it that way, so the young guys can't take their job. It's like good luck developing the next Patrick Mahomes. Maybe the best coaches can do it, but it's really, really, really hard to do. Uh, and it's it, even if you even if it did work, you'd have to trade up for the guy, you have to pay him a lot of money. It's so difficult. The idea that there are these just ready-made college quarterbacks hanging around at the end of the draft or after the draft who can perform well right away if you have a good team and a good system, that changes everything. That changes everything. And it might be the best thing that ever happened to the NFL because so many times you have these nationally televised games and the quarterbacks just suck and the games suck. But the Jake Brownings and Brock Purdy's of the world really give the league hope. And it means you don't pay them a lot right off. And you can get other good players around them. It equalizes things. And it makes, instead of stars all over, in in certain places, you have more balanced, better teams. Right. And it's like, instead of asking a quarterback to be the hero, just ask him to be like a distributor. Get the ball into the hands of really good players quickly and efficiently and on time. And it's like, all the, it's funny, we're, we're talking about all these epiphanies that the league is having. Oh! Accuracy is more important than arm strength. Oh, height doesn't really matter that much. Oh, you just need a little bit of mobility. Like, didn't didn't Bill Walsh figure that out in like the seventies, the sixties? Look, Joe Montana was a third round draft choice. Right. Um, You know, he wasn't all that desired, but Bill saw what he could do with Joe. Now, I want to say one thing. And I've never really checked it out. I was told by insiders that he wanted Phil Sims over uh, Joe. Have you heard that? I have heard that. Phil Sims went in the first round, and I think Bill thought he was going to fall to him. He, I think he went to more. He went to a small school, but the word was out. The Giants took him, maybe because they heard that Bill liked him, and Bill apparently was devastated. Devastated. They didn't get Phil Sims. That's what I heard, but I don't know. I was. That's what I heard too. Now, Bill yeah. was so emotional; he was devastated every day about something. But yes, I'm sure that bothered him. But he—that's a case where he lucked out. I now, Phil Sims was a good quarterback. Yes, lucked but out. he wasn't Joe Montana. Kind of like how Kyle Shanahan wanted Trey Lance and and not Brock Purdy. Exactly. Yeah, wasn't the story that Tony Rosano was the one who? I didn't discover Joe Montana, but recommended Joe Montana to the 49ers once they missed out. 
Tony Rosano. Are you there, Iggy? Because I think you may have. Are you there? Okay. I'm here. I'm here. I'm uh, here. Okay. Okay. Um, here's the thing. It's interesting. You know, Tony Rosano's son uh, is with the Raiders and is Dave. a very Dave, very nice man. Um, uh, Tony Rosano wanted to take credit for a lot of things. And by the way, I think Tony Rosano really was good. But this tells you more about Bill than about Tony, because I think Tony came out with a book and Bill said, you know, Tony uh, is claiming that, he, you know, he he picked Montana and he and he, he got he said, Lowell, it was all, all me. That's what he said. It was all me. So I don't know what was going on behind the scenes. And I never talked to Tony about it or Dave about it. Well, I, I, I'm glad that Tony took credit for it himself. That's always yeah. humble. All right, hold on. Um, <laughs> Steve L says, what I love about Purdy is that he's playing like a little kid. I can tell he's having so much fun that rubs off on the other players. Maybe that's why someone earlier compared him to Steph Curry. He's small. He seems like he has that little kid exuberance and joy. I see what you mean. He's also very stoic, though. Very serious. I was going to say that. You can see him smiling when they score, after they yeah. score. He doesn't walk away. He's not like Brady. You know what I mean? He doesn't walk away. He embraces. He's all of that. He's like a kid. But during the game, he is a no messing around guy. Uh, stoic, I would say, intense, serious. You wouldn't mess with him. MM mm -mm. Forever says, who was better, Whitey Ford or Koufax? Koufax, a better pitcher. What kind of question is that? <laughs> I would not do that. Hey, hold on. In addition, Koufax, a Jewish guy from uh, uh, Bensonhurst. I was from Flatbush. It's the next neighborhood over. Plus, of course, Whitey Ford had a longer career. But if, say, in a game, you have to win this game, Sandy Koufax over anybody. How about that? Mike Parcher says, why not sign Zach Ertz? Diggs hit on uh, George Kittle is scary. What do you think about Oits? I think he's done. What do they need Oits for? Because <laughs> they're Oits Heights. I don't they're want Oits. Paul at this says at this point, do you think Kyle Shanahan is underrated, overrated, or neither? Let's see how he uh, see how he finishes the season. Yeah, let's see how <laughs> credit. Yeah, let's see how he finishes. Joshua Bourne says, how much of it comes down to Brock Purdy's fearlessness, his knowledge, his confidence? Lance scared me when he said he didn't know uh, or how to slide. I'd say uh, among his great qualities, he's fearless, but it wouldn't strike me as his best quality. You know, by the way, I want to say something. I never really liked Jimmy as a quarterback, but I thought he was fearless. You don't like what I'm saying? He was. He was. Part of me felt like he was fearless and then he'd get hurt. And then he wouldn't really want to come back until he was 100% healthy. Because he's that. a little afraid of playing like and not putting his best foot forward. Okay. But Th there's in the pocket, he was fair. Yeah, I would, I would agree. Okay. The Dolphins played last night on Monday Night Football. The Dolphins are supposed to be the other offense in the league that's very creative and high-flying. They got Mike McDaniel. It's a lot of the Niners. They got Tyreek Hill. He's been having a great season. But then he got hyped. For, for a time in this game. And I couldn't help but notice that the Dolphins completely fell apart right. on offense without Tyreek Hill on the field. Right. 
And that brought like an obvious comparison to the 49ers who really aren't dependent on one player like that. It's a great uh, point you're making. They, If Brock Purdy were to get hurt, that would be serious. But that goes for any team, the number one quarterback, except for Cincinnati or maybe right. Cleveland. But for the most part, um, th- uh, that's true. But if you take out any other um, star on offense, I think the Niners, let's say, for example, let's go to the heart of the matter. If you took out Christian McCaffrey, could they still be a really dominant, really effective team if they had to use their other running backs? I'd say no question about it. No question. I think so. Eliza Mitchell's good. Jordan Mitchell's uh, Jordan Mason's really good. Debo Samuel is an excellent running back as well. Plus, they don't have to run the ball to win anymore. We've seen yeah. him. They yeah. used to have to do that because of the quarterback, but now they got a better quarterback, which gives them more possibilities. I agree. Uh, so uh, they they are not player one player dependent like the Dolphins. They're not. Uh, they are so varied. Again, you take out Debo. They'll find a way to beat you without Debo. Uh, take out any of them, Kittle, Ayuk, they'll beat you. Yeah, they'll They'll beat you. They'll find a way to beat you. Um, if you took out the left tackle, would they still beat you? Well, that's the thing. Remember, they had the three-game losing streak. Why did it happen? Debo missed those three games, and Trent Williams missed two of them and was hurt for most of the first one. So, so that could be you it. Could ar- you could argue that it, that is Trent. Because without him, now their offensive line is like the worst in the league, and their running game could fall apart. That could be the yeah. one guy. Yeah. So he may be, in in a sense, the most irreplaceable person on the offense. Which is interesting. If you had to vote for except an MVP, for the quarterback, except for the quarterback, except for the quarterback, you know, Tyreek Hill is in the MVP conversation. Yeah. Trent Williams, Trent Willie. Yeah. Now you can't I, become an MVP without stats. And offensive linemen don't really have stats. Trent Willie. I I could see it. He um Iggy, you've said that in training camp, he sometimes goes one on one against Bosa. And he beats Bosa. Tell us about Easily. it. Easily. Uh, they didn't do it this year because Bosa was holding out. But in the past, they go one on one, and Bosa's got, you know, he's got all the moves. He's so strong. He's in perfect shape every day of the year. But Trent Williams is bigger than him and has longer arms than him. And Bosa, you know, he's very technically sound too. So whatever move Bosa's trying to do, Trent Williams just slaps it away. It's, it's just so calm about it. Like, no, I got you. I, I, I got no. And then at the end, Nick Bosa just gives him a little tap on the helmet, and Trent Williams gives him a little tap back. Like, you know, good try. And Bosa says, "Thanks for making me better." And Bosa's the I best. See. So they don't get angry at each other. Oh, thank you, thank you for thank letting you. me try. Yeah, we we both made each other better right now. Thank you. Right, and I enjoy the competition and respect you. Yes, it means that as well, right? Yes, it's just so interesting to see. It's like. I don't, you haven't seen this movie in a long time, but The Matrix. Oh, Keanu God. Reeves gets inserted into The Matrix, and he's trying to learn how to move faster and all this stuff, and he's fighting Larry Fishburne, and Larry Fishburne is just, like, blocking everything without even thinking, and that's kind of Trent Williams on the field going against Nick Bosa. Like, yeah, I saw that coming. Yep, see that? Not, not, yep, I got it. No. Try again. So let's start over. I'll give you another shot. Nah, I got you again. I, I love yeah. it. I love it. Yeah. I do. Do we get you? 
Crow, according to David Harris's book about Bill, it was Phil Simms, Steve Fuller, which led to Dwight Clark. Rosano had Montana as the top pick. Um, here's what happened. I don't know. Interesting. I haven't read David Harris's book. I I know. I'm going to come back to this. A certain coach who was on that team, those teams, told me David Harris never called me up hmm. and said he didn't call this one up. He didn't call that one up. And um, he said, I looked in his index who he had spoken to or the acknowledgments. And he said, I didn't read the book because he didn't talk to what I consider very important people. That's what I'm telling you. I haven't read the book. What happened with Steve Fuller was this. Iggy, I always forget. Where did Dwight go to college? Clemson? Clemson, yeah. Is that right? Steve, yeah. Steve Fuller was the quarterback. Um, Bill was interested in Fuller. This I know. So he called. They got the phone number of the apartment where he was at. And... um. Dwight was about to go out to play golf. Uh, Fuller wasn't there. They were roommates. And Dwight said, oh, I may as well answer it. But he almost didn't answer it. And he said, look, Bill said, I want to try out um, Fuller. Um, would you come to the tryout? We need someone for him to throw passes to. Mm -hmm. So Dwight was an afterthought, just like Purdy. And he caught the passes, and Bill was more interested in Dwight than Fuller. So he said, do you have any tape? Do you have any tape that I could watch? And Dwight said, I don't know, Coach. I think I only caught about 11 passes or something like that. But he saw the tape, and he liked it. Bill liked it, and he brought Dwight in. So that's how he got Dwight, because he was catching passes for Fuller in the workout. But then... Dwight was so excited, he told his, his father that, you know, I'm on the 49ers, uh, and Bill really likes me. I never even expected to be in the league. Every week, Bill would have more wide, during the season early, would have more wide receivers that he was trying and all this, and, he, and Dwight would call his dad. He said, I don't think I'm going to make it here. He's <laughs> bringing in these wide receivers, and someone's going to be better than me. He's going to drop me. But Bill never dropped him, and then he made the catch. So that's the – I don't know what happened with Sims, but that's what happened with Fuller and uh, Dwight Clark. That kind of reminds me of George Kittle's story. Like, not – it's more extreme, but Kittle was at Iowa. They, they threw him like 40 passes in college. He dropped to the fifth round, and all of a sudden, he becomes this prolific pass catcher on the Niners. Yeah, because Iowa essentially didn't know what to do with him. Same with Dwight Clark. And yeah. if if he have a savvy scouting department, they know what to look for. That's right. Aru Illustri says, "I meant similar to Steph Curry, not your prototypical player balling out, changing the league, a disruptor." I could see that. Sure, Brock Purdy, love it, absolutely. That's what we're talking about—the new wave, Ethan M. Brock Purdy putting up elite play and is on an, an historic trajectory. Would it be fair to say he's elite until proven otherwise? History will look at numbers, not context. Are you elite until you're proven not elite um, in America? I don't. I I don't uh, go with that reasoning. Proof is on us. I, I, I again, hold on. I think he's elite currently, but in terms of longevity, I don't want to go there. Gary Schetzel says, how crazy would it be if it's the Niners versus Cowboys at Levi's and Brock throws the catch four to Kittle in the back of the end zone to win? 
How crazy. It would be very crazy. Extra I don't crazy. think it'll be that close. I don't think so either. So here's where the Niners stand. They're the number one seed right now. If they went out, they get home field advantage in the playoffs in addition to a bye week. Well, let's talk about that home field advantage. What does that actually mean in practice yeah. for this team? You know, um, when I used to cover the Warriors, their defensive coordinator was Ron Adams. I don't even know if he's still with the team because I don't follow the Warriors. And he's such an interesting, thoughtful man. And I once asked him about, you know, home court advantage. What did you mean? What does it do for you? And he was so pragmatic. He said, you know what, Lowell, you get to sleep in your own bed. And I thought, right. That that makes a lot of sense. As opposed to being on the road in a hotel. I don't know about you guys, but a lot of times I don't sleep well in a hotel. There's the little red light that, that flashes on and off. There are people at three in the morning in the hallway who are noisy. Um, yeah. I'm not used to the mattress. I, and Iggy and I talked about this. You need to pee in the middle of the night and you walk into the wall because you yeah. forget what you think you're in the other. You were in New Orleans, but now you're in Cincinnati and you don't know. There's all of that. Plus, you you very often, especially for a California team, have long plane rides there and back. That's a lot. You can go into different time zones. It can be three hours different. That's hard on your body, and it can be cold. If you go to Green Bay, boy, that's tough going to Green Bay, and and, and, you, and you're a California team, and you're playing in, in that frigid weather. So what I want to say, home, and also you're not playing with a hostile crowd, but I would say the crowd may not be the most of it. It may be these other things. Iggy. Well, it's the other things, and it's universal for, for all sports. But in football, the crowd is a big factor on the road because if it's a, a legit crowd, then you, the offense has to use a silent count. Yeah. Right? Like that. Like the crowd, I think, affects play calling in football way more than any other sport because now they, all of a sudden they can't do the you know the real cadence. You can't draw people off sides. You got to do the tap and the, 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 that little thing, which is – easy to time and that makes the other pass rush even more uh, effective. This is one of the advantages that Seattle's had throughout the years. Although I think it's very overstated. Their advantage was Russell Wilson. Can we say that now? The advantage in Seattle was Russell Wilson. But anyway, home field advantage, the noise is good. It's good. But like if your team sucks and no one cares about you, like if the Rams, the Rams don't have home field advantage. So the Niners were to, were to have to go to the Rams. It would be a home game for the Niners. But there are certain places where this is a factor, like Philly. That's a factor there. A factor. Is it a factor in Santa Clara? Maybe in the playoff game. Maybe. Although in the my experience game. is that the Niners have their most passionate home crowds in Mexico and LA. And then Santa Clara. Sorry. sorry. Pretty interesting, eh? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Different crowd in Santa Clara. More of the, uh, I'm not going to say wine and cheese, but like Silicon Valley. Like we're here. Yeah. It's fun. Also, they don't want to sit in the sun. Right. On the sun That's side. True. Yeah. That's true. They don't That's want true. that. Malik Payton says Hatton, Hatton shirt game this week. Hold on. I get, they could clinch. They could be clinching. Mark, Marky Mark says with four games left, could the Niners have their first Three thousand yard receivers: Ba, Kittle, and Debo. All three could get there. 
That's what they're working on. Accolades. Crow says Dallas and the Niners played in 81 in the regular season. 14-45 Niners. Hold on. Let me see. I got the 1981 team right here. Dallas. Yeah, the Niners won that one. 45 to 14. Then they came back and played in the playoffs, and it was a one-point game. So, Dad, that's what they historical, historical context here. You hear that? You hear that? I hear it. I hear it. I hear it. You hear it. I'm Thank chasing. you for reminding us. I'm a guest. CRA says, What is the opinion of Senior Cone about your chicken cacciatore Iggy? Oh. Take care. Oh, God, it was great. It was wonderful. I loved it. And it was how uh, my, my wife made it. It was a little spicy. A little spicy? Keith's dad says, I love the voice change. Awesome dad and son. Thank you. You should. We do this all the time. All right, guys. That's the show. It's been a long time. Wow. What a, it's a long time. We, we had a, a little tired earlier, but it worked out. <laughs> Full start. We were called for encroachment. It was a five-yard penalty. Okay. All right. Thanks, everybody. Um, I hope you're having a wonderful holiday season, and we'll see you a week from today. All right, Dad. I'm not going to call you. I'm just going to walk down the <laughs> right, hallway. Right. He's over here. Yeah. yeah. All right. See you later, everyone.